Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminals, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by Tabitha and Katie. Hey guys, I'm Tabitha. And I'm Katie. Welcome back to another week of Crimes and Cocktails. And we're just going to say, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. Because right now, Katie is not calling in on cell phone, which I do apologize. That was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> We were desperate. Honestly, desperate, I, tell you. I re-listened to that episode and I was like, dude, I, I think I try to make jokes a few times and it does not translate well. Oh, I heard him. I just didn't. No, I was kidding. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Leave me hanging. Well, we think we may have figured out our problem and, uh, you know, hopefully we have it fixed The problem now. is I'm a broke-ass bitch. Yeah. The problem is <laughs> shitty internet. <laughs> basically uh my roommate decided to you know join the 21st century and up our internet so our internet is moving really fast but katie is still stuck in the stone age (laughs) yeah so mine couldn't keep up and so it was cutting out um it it was a nightmare it was a nightmare but i think we figured it out and hopefully this will work until Katie moves and can get that high quality uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah. Well, after we move and after we get married, we'll be able to do that. Be able to tie the knot. Yeah. Tie that knot. Better technology. (laughs) That Ethernet knot. Yeah. All right. So this week we have a crime for you that um, it does involve a little bit of murder, some mystery, Mm -hmm. some romance, Mm -hmm. uh, a missing person, a serial killer. And just, I guess, a somewhat happy ending, but not. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll yeah. Gotta see what everybody's definition of happy is yeah. at the end of this. So, but we, uh, before we do that, we got to get that drink. Yes, yes. Um, so, so this drink um, is going to be called Cradle in the Cupboard. <laughs> Ooh. Sounds Ooh. like a Bones episode. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I know. Cradle in the Cupboard. Catching the cradle in a silver spoon. <laughs> the little boy blue and the man on the moon. When you're coming home, dad. All right. So me. in a shaker. <laughs> we all get together then. <laughs> it's been a day. I was, so, I was giving Taylor a hard time once about like not spending time with Minerva at home. Like because he was at work. Like not that he's not at home. And so I'm trying never to make home. him. <laughs> I was trying to make him feel bad, so I started singing that song, like, but from Minerva's point of view. Oh, my God. It's just like, stop. Minerva's the dog, by the way, guys. (laughs) Yeah. She's wondering when her dad's coming home. (laughs) She's like, where is she? (laughs) All alone. All alone. Okay. So, in a shaker, 
You can tell I made up this cocktail. <laughs> uh, you're gonna <laughs> add. Two, check it up. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna add two ounces of. Okay, I don't know if it's Bundaberg or Bundaberg. Bundaberg. I'm gonna go with Bundaberg. That sounds fun. Bundaberg rum. Uh, all you Aussies can correct me if I'm totally saying this wrong. Bundaberg. And- Bundaberg. I'm not even gonna try. Not even gonna try. Oh, I'm gonna try. <laughs> yeah, FYI, our case takes place in Australia, so oh, you'll know. <laughs> Hence the Bundaberg. <laughs> righteous, righteous. <laughs> Hence the shrimp on the barbie cooking behind me. <laughs> Since we are very uneducated, apparently, on the down under. <laughs> uh, so. My gosh, in a shaker. <laughs> Gonna add two ounces of Bundaberg rum, a lime squeeze, one ounce of pineapple juice, one ounce of coconut real. I don't know why I spelled it. That's how you spell it, I guess. And a scoop of ice. And you're gonna shake it, and you're gonna pour it into a highball glass, and you're gonna top it with Bundaberg, Bundaberg, ginger beer. And then you're gonna garnish that with a mint sprig. And you're going to take a pineapple wedge and dip it in some ginger candy. And you're going to put that on there, too, because you're fancy. And it's delicious. Fancy, huh? It's like a spicy, sweet, kind of gingery treat, you know? It's an Australian mule. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, we'll call it that. Ish. Kind of. You know. (laughs) It's like a hidden hidden treat. I don't know. (laughs) Zest. I'm just it. happy that you're not like dying from drinking this anymore. Like I know <laughs> now that your body has like decided to embrace. Yeah, it's like ginger. expert level now. So yeah, now I overdo it. Probably now you overdo it. Uh, Katie used to be <laughs> allergic to ginger. Yeah, my throat would like get all super itchy and stuff. So I was always terrified. And then one time I accidentally ate some like sauce that had ginger in it. And then we realized it, and Taylor and I remember, like, we're, like, looking at each other, like, are you about to die? <laughs> you just kill over Man. mid-mango. Um, <laughs> kill over mid-mango. Um, but I was fine. And so then I tested it by having some, actually, some ginger beer, and I was fine. And now um, I eat and drink ginger stuff all the time. I remember the first time I had, like, a Moscow mule in front of you. You were, like, staring at me. <laughs> I was like, do are you, you want to die? <laughs> I distinctly remember going to like a. It was like a Thai restaurant or something one time, (laughs) and we were on a road trip. I was in Oregon, and we're just like, um, what things here have ginger in it? And the guy's like, everything. Right? Okay. Well, I'm just gonna go then. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. I love Um, ginger beer, though. Oh my gosh, so good. And actually, Bundaberg is my favorite ginger beer. So. Cheers, mate. <laughs> I like uh shit. What is it called? It has like it's like called cock something. <laughs> what? <laughs> I swear to God, crab. It was served at my bar, and anyway, that was the cock and bowl. There you go, cock and bowl ginger uh. beer. So good, and they had a cherry one. <coughs> a cherry yeah. one. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm on that uh Safeway Select brand. <laughs> Safeway Select, where you can always select the best. You can get like 18 of them for $3. 18 cans of ginger beer for $3. I was you like, know, I, I can never pass up a deal. Can't I pass up can't. a deal. I can't. So like all of our cocktail recipes, you can find this recipe for Cradle in the Cupboard on our Instagram. 
uh, Crimes and Cocktails. Yes. Or at Crimes what and it's Cocktails. Called. Or our say. Twitter. Which is also at Crimes and Cocktails. I don't post as much as I should on that. And if you like what you hear and you want to contribute a few bucks this way so Katie can get better internet eventually, uh, check out our Patreon. Which is patreon.com slash crimes and cocktails. Sorry, <laughs> can can't hold it Be together. a patron for as little as $2. So. Oh, yes. And uh, if you want to send us memes, recipes, pictures of your pets... Um, the correct way to pronounce pronounce Bundaberg, Bundaberg, you can email us. <laughs> Crimes.cocktails at gmail.com. Yeah, so cheers, mates. Mm-hmm. And let's uh let's go down under and dig right in. <laughs> I'm gonna throw this <laughs> shrimp on that barbie. <laughs> I believe I saw Gator that way. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna stop. I uh, honestly it is my dream to go to Australia someday. It's on my bucket list. Australia and New Zealand are both on my bucket list. Uh, New Zealand definitely because of, you know, Lord of the Rings was filmed mm-hmm. there and I just, I gotta go. But I've always, always wanted to go to Australia. So before I die, stingray. Before oh, I die, I will, yeah, I'm gonna go find that stingray. <laughs> no, I am going to go down under and it's gonna be awesome. Awesome. Put that on a t-shirt. All right. So Natasha Ann Ryan was born on May 9th, 1984 in Rockhampton, Queensland, Australia, to parents Robert and Jenny. Her childhood seemed relatively normal for the most part. Um, her parents divorced um, and her father remarried to Debbie. And Nat- Natasha was actually a bridesmaid in that wedding. So her father and most of the locals all knew her as Grasshopper. Grasshopper. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, sorry, I mispronounced that. Um, <laughs> so uh, that was a loving uh, nickname that her father had given her. Growing up, Natasha was known as the loving angel who gave up her Christmas <laughs> one year to visit the sick and elderly. Who the heck is this kid? Um, Honestly, her parents probably made her do it. Let's be I, real. <laughs> like, give up your present, grasshopper. She's like, oh, grasshopper. Um, so, however, at 14 years old, Natasha was a child who started to struggle into her preteen years. Honestly, once that period comes, <laughs> all hell breaks loose. I see that red and I'm seeing red. So, yeah. 14, yeah. I don't know. So she had a, apparently, from what we can read, she had a really difficult relationship with her mother, which is pretty normal, I feel like, around this Age. time in your life. Yeah. I... I was okay with my mom back then. I did not like my dad when I was in middle school. I was just angry at the world. And I think it was literally because my uterus was tearing itself trend. apart. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't like anybody except for my cat. I um, called my brother a slut and I didn't know what that meant. But <laughs> I remember I once I called my brother, um, my brother, Brian, I called him the Antichrist. <laughs> got so much trouble. You know what, though? He might be. <laughs> yeah, you know, who's to say? I've never seen him and the Antichrist in the same room together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, Brian, if you're listening, even though I know you don't listen. He don't show. listen. He don't listen. He don't support me. That's why he he's don't support me. That's why he's the Antichrist. <laughs> exactly. I remember I got so much trouble. My mom was all, you take that back. Like, Katie, no. you're all like a like putty inside. Well, the devil. <laughs> the devil. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So. Okay, I'm going to put myself on mute. <laughs> yeah, she was having a rough time and just, you know, probably going through a lot. I don't know. Couldn't really find too many details about exactly what was going on in her personal life. I mean, 
could have been just maybe the divorce was bothering her, maybe her just mother's relationship. I'm not really sure. But she was, she started experimenting with a few different drugs, you know, just like meth and ecstasy. No big Kid deal. Stuff. Kid, Kid stuff. stuff. Kid yeah. stuff. Kid uh, stuff. She, uh, at once, uh, one time it looks like she did try to attempt suicide. Uh, she slashed her wrists. She talked about suicide a lot and she had received some counseling, um, but you know, just very troubled at this point. And she was constantly getting in trouble in school, getting suspended a lot. And um, she ran away from home a few times. So apparently, like one time she ran away from home, I think it was in July of 1998. She was 14 years old. And she also had a 21-year-old boyfriend, by the way, <laughs> when she was 14. Yeah. The uh, milkman, Scott Black. <laughs> the milkman. The milkman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had a milkman still. I don't know if they still have milkmen in... I don't feel like they do, but they did in 1998. is a long time ago, but it's not because... We were alive. It we were kids then, so it can't be that long ago. <laughs> I vividly remember 1998. It was that long ago, I swear. <laughs> yes, I think Backstreet Back was... Backstreet was almost back then. I don't know. <laughs> but um, so she ran away with her 21-year-old boyfriend but she was found two days later, and the boyfriend, the milkman, Scott Black, uh, he was charged with obstruction because he probably was lying to investigators, saying he didn't know where she was, and he was eventually fined a $1,000 fine for that. He claims that Natasha wanted to kill herself, and he thought if she lived with him, he could protect her from herself, so I don't know. It could be genuine, could be just weird freaky weird relationship with a minor i don't know i also don't really know to be honest what the laws are on this in australia now or at this time there's some things that even if they're not law you should be like okay she's 14 yeah but 14 is an adult in some places so i still don't think that matters i mean in some parts of the u.s you can get married at 16 which is only two years older I don't think that's right either. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think it's right. Yeah. I mean, just because it's there don't mean it's right. Like, it depends. So, yeah. I, I mean, don't know. I can go and lick a hobo in his ear. It doesn't make it right. Like, um, <laughs> no. My parents are actually <laughs> about this age gap, but they met in the 80s. My yeah. mom was 14. My dad was 21. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about that, it was the 80s, right? You know, crazy time. <laughs> Who does? Oh, <laughs> Anyways, so on <laughs> August 31st, 1998, Natasha's mom dropped her off at school, and it was the, that morning that Natasha went missing. A close friend of Natasha's from school. <laughs> yeah, I wanted Viola. you to say this. <laughs> I, I know. I realized you gave this part to me. I typed it. I guess I should have to say it. Um, <laughs> Myoa Tokatoa <laughs> said... Uh, that Natasha had been distraught and that maybe she had been um, pregnant because she asked how certain drugs could affect a baby. Mm. Uh, it wasn't long after her disappearance that Myoa was actually accused of her murder because he had been the last person to see her before her disappearance. Um, and because every year on the anniversary of her disappearance, he brought flowers to Natasha's mother, um, which police were like, that's a guilty conscience. Guilty. To have to Yes, exactly. So uh, Myoa was even arrested and questioned 
Um, but he told police that he and Natasha had bought drugs shortly before her disappearance from two adult men and that one of them had actually knocked him out and then raped him. And Natasha had run, which he believed was the reason for her disappearance. He thought that she was either scared um, and in hiding or that they had gotten her and kidnapped her Gosh. because of what she saw. Yeah. Freaking terrible, man. Yeah. And so, this, uh, I should mention, too, that this kid, he was like, he was 15 at that time. 15? Okay. Um, at the time that she disappeared. Gosh. Yeah. And they are accusing him of, I mean, it, it can happen. Yeah. But, yeah. geez, poor kid. Uh, So they started searching for her. Um, her parents, they didn't really think that she ran away at this time because I think um, she had run away a couple times before and it seemed kind of obvious, but this time they're like, no, we think something happened to her. Uh, they spent a lot of money on this search. Um, I couldn't find an exact dollar amount. I read in one article that uh, altogether they spent 160000 and another article I read that they spent over four hundred thousand dollars. So either way, quite a bit. either way, quite a bit of money. Lots yeah. of money was spent on trying to find Natasha, but she seemed to have vanished just like into thin air. Um, like I said, her parents were convinced something horrible had happened to her. Uh, the police were just kind of like, "Hmm, troubled teenager. We think she just ran away." And so they kind of, from what I read, the police were kind of like, "Yeah, we're looking." but we're just pretty sure she ran away. And the parents kind of had to keep push, pushing for, you know, no, you need to look for her, you need to look for her. Something happened to her. And then the mom is Tale even... Tale as old as time. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. mom was even reported saying that, uh, I know that Natasha would never put me through this. Um, there's something, something has happened to her. So... Uh, at the same time... Oh, and I also want to mention that they did question the boyfriend, um, and the milkman, and he claimed that the last day he saw her was the day before she went missing. And it, it took a lot of time, but the parents eventually believed him and thought, okay, he's being truthful. Like, definitely something has happened to our daughter. Uh, and it's really hard to see because any time that the father had talked about his daughter during the time, like, he's just really teary-eyed. So it's just... Ugh, I hate, like, seeing that. It always breaks my heart. Uh, at the same time Natasha disappeared... Several women in Rockhampton, which is where Natasha was living, uh, were also going missing. So between 1998 and 1999, 39-year-old Beverly Lego, 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 disappeared Lego, and Lego. was <laughs> Lego, Lego. Uh, she disappeared and she was later found uh, raped and brutally murdered. I really regret that waffle joke. I didn't <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Uh, <laughs> oh aye, aye, aye. Uh, and 39-year-old Julie Turner, she went missing and then was also later found murdered. And 19-year-old Sylvia Benedetti, or Benedetti, um, was also found murdered. And then in April of 1999, a nine-year-old... Kyra, Ke I'm really bad with these names. I'm so sorry, guys. Kyra or Kira, I think it's Kyra, Steinhardt. She went missing on her way home from school. It was only her second time walking home from school alone, which is so sad because she probably was proud of herself, nine years old, being able to walk home from school. And she, I also saw a picture of her, and she was just this cute little girl. I saw like, a picture of her, too, and she was Yeah, adorable. blonde hair, really big, like, buck teeth. It's just so cute. Like, this is really, really fucked up. But 
she was struck on the back of her head um, when was later identified as Leonard John Frazier took her body um, he hit her on the back of the head he took her body and put her in his car where he later brutally raped and murdered her and disposed of her body the crazy thing about this is that a woman actually witnessed the nine-year-old get hit in the head and for some reason didn't really call the police until 20 minutes later when she saw John come or Leonard come back and pick up the body and put it in his car so either she was doing something she wasn't supposed to be doing or she's just a heartless person but because of this 20 minute gap I mean police had such a late jump that they were too Mm -hmm. late to save nine-year-old Kyra if I saw anybody hit a child on the back of the head like that yeah. I would be over there so fucking fast. I think I would have been yelling, you know, I would have I called the police right yelling, then, but I would have been yelling like, hey. Police. I would have actually like jumped the person. <laughs> like, hell no. Yeah. That's so crazy. I don't know what the story is with that woman, but yeah. didn't really find a whole lot of information on her. But she was able to identify uh, the man who attacked the nine-year-old as, like I said, uh, Leonard John Frazier. Um, He is a serial rapist and a serial killer. Uh, And I think we're actually going to do our next episode is actually going to be on him. So we'll dive into his story a little bit more because there's a lot to this guy. Holy shit. Um, But anyways, this arrest of him, you know, catching him with the nine year old, uh, the police were able to, you know, they were able to conclude what they believe was a really long, long chain of just rape and murder. And honestly, it's horrific. We will get into it next time. So stay tuned for that. Um, and also, I want to add that, like, when they were searching his home, they found, like, three ponytails, which they think were trophies. So, yeah, really, really horrible guy. This guy, bleh, So, yeah, we'll, we'll see about that later. So, um, yeah, so during this time when they were searching his house and they found, like Tabitha said, those ponytails, they came to the conclusion that Fraser must have also murdered the missing 14-year-old Natasha Ryan. Uh, considering she went missing the same year that Fraser's crimes heightened and in the same area that this was all happened, it just made sense. Yep. So Leonard John Fraser was charged with the murder of Lego, Turner, Benedetti, Ben <laughs> Benedetti. I can only say it if I do the hand motion. <laughs> I did the hand motion. <laughs> Steinhardt and Natasha Ryan. Leonard later confessed to all of these murders, and Natasha's family held a memorial service for her on what would have been her 17th birthday. And then Leonard's trial began two years later. Since Leonard had admitted to Natasha's murder, um, her friend, Mayawa, from we were talking about earlier, was officially cleared of any wrongdoing. Um, but at this point, his family had been harassed so much that they actually moved out of the area. Gosh. Um, yeah. So, um, on April 11th, 2003, police prosecutor Paul Rutledge announced during Leonard's trial that Leonard could not possibly be responsible for the murder of Natasha Ryan because she was actually alive. Dun, dun. So, yeah. So we're going to have <laughs> this back to back cases where someone was supposed to be dead. Um, but is actually, you know, very much alive. So, yeah, he just breezed on to the courtroom and was like, um, 
she's actually still alive and apparently like everybody you know in the room went wild so yeah uh, i guess the dad they said um her dad he he basically was like bawling like a baby and almost fainted yeah like collapsed almost passed out Mm -hmm. when he heard that his daughter was alive which i could not believe i mean honestly like you just you put in all this effort looking for your little girl and then you know okay this guy confessed he murdered her and so you've just come to terms to accept this Mm -hmm. you have a freaking memorial for her yeah and you're processing all this and then you're attending his trial you know you want to see this guy get fucking crucified like Mm -hmm. whatever and then it's like oh yeah actually he didn't do it he just said he did it she's actually alive which we will get into this guy like i said next episode i don't know if he confessed because he just how wanted to add another notch to his you know wall or if he just he had hurt a lot of people in his past and maybe he just didn't know and he just lost track and i was like yeah i probably did it i don't know sounds like me kind of a thing so i'm not sure exactly and we'll have to dig into that next time Mm -hmm. but let's back up a little bit so now that we know she's alive we're gonna back up On April 10th, 2003, the police receive a tip that led them to a house in North Rockhampton that was owned by Natasha's boyfriend, the milkman, Scott Black. Uh, Also, I just want to add that this house, I think, was like two blocks away from her mom's house. Yeah, it was was very close. Very, very close. Half a mile. Yeah. Upon searching the home, uh, they found her hidden in a cupboard behind a curtain from police. Hence the name of the drink. Uh, so the police called her parents and her father, Robert, asked them to ask her what his nickname was for her because, you know, they're trying to identify her correctly and see, is this Natasha? Because five years have gone. So they're trying to figure out. So she answers correctly. She says, yep, I'm, I'm Grasshopper. And they were able to identify her, the now 18 year old Natasha Ryan. Crazy. So freaking crazy. Apparently, Natasha had been living with Scott the entire time, staying in the house, except for very, very brief, short night outings. They had, um, this house was a beach, like front house, like had a good view of the beach, but every window is like closed, curtained up and just, you know, in darkness, basically. So she was free to wander around the house. uh, But anytime someone came over, she would go and hide in that cupboard until they were gone and uh i think also so he got like a job in a second area called i don't know how to pronounce this either yapoon i want to say Sounds like, yeah i think it's yapoon, yapoon it looks like yapoon so yapoon. there were two they were living in two homes actually and they would go back and forth between them but obviously she would only go back and forth at night when no one could see her because she's also living in like we said in the same neighborhood as her mom so She's probably freaking paranoid she's going to get caught or seen or something like that. Uh, so she never went outside, like ever. <laughs> yeah, she would probably pale as hell. I know. Um, so, probably had like a vitamin D deficiency, honestly. Yeah. Oh, seriously. Um, so Natasha and Scott. But not that both- dude. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I was thinking 
doing it. Okay. So also, man, the milkman must be like a lucrative job because he owns like he's two moving, houses. He's moving from town to town, beachfront property. Like, like, cause dude, what I could find the article the milkman said, come up. Yeah. <laughs> said he owned that house. So it didn't say yeah. it was his parents' house. Yeah. Which I'm just like, dang. Oh, Economy was also a lot better in the 90s. So, Oh, my God. My neighbor's dog's barking. Sorry about that. I didn't um, hear anything. So, okay, good. <laughs> so, I thought it was Taylor. <laughs> so let me out. Get back in there. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> God. Get back in your cupboard. Uh, so Natasha and Scott, um, you know, they were very paranoid. Um, and especially because they were constantly seeing news coverage about her disappearance. Um, she actually would make pads out when she got her period out of rags so that Scott wouldn't oh be seen gosh. buying tampons for her. So like this went deep. <laughs> um, and then after her discovery, Natasha's murder, um, was dropped from Leonard Fraser's case and she actually had to show up at the courthouse to just <laughs> to testify at her own murder trial that she was, yes, very uh, much nope. alive. He didn't murder um, me. Yeah. And that Leonard, you know, wasn't responsible. So, um, after Leonard's trial, the question of whether or not Natasha and Scott were going to be charged for allowing people um, to believe that she was dead for so long and, you know, costing the police a lot of time and money and her family money um, came up. So um, in 2005, Rockhampton District Court Judge Grant Britton sentenced Scott to three years in prison for perjury um, because when he told police he didn't know where she was. Um, and But the charges were later suspended to just a year. Oh yeah. my gosh. And then in 2006, Natasha was fined $1,000 for causing a false police investigation. But then she had the fine dismissed because she didn't have the means to pay. Which, remember when we said that this, like, investigation or search, like, it was somewhere between 160000 and 400000 I'm just like, bitch. Yeah, that was, oh my gosh. Scott was fined $3,000 for causing a false police investigation and then $16,000 to pay back investigation costs. Since her discovery, as you might imagine, uh, paparazzi in the media has made, you know, made their quick buck off of it. And they've covered the couple quite a bit. Uh, and it kind of rubs people the wrong way because, I mean, like we're saying, her poor family went through hell for four or five years, assuming the worst had happened to her. And here she is literally living right under their noses, like just a few blocks away. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, but a lot of these media and stuff, they were paying for exclusive interviews from the quote unquote happy couple. Uh, Women's Day magazine actually purchased the rights to exclusively cover their 2008 wedding that they had at Byfield's Ferns Hideaway, where they had a wedding in front of 35 people, and they gave them $200,000 just to cover their wedding. I'd be like, I want my $1,000. <laughs> I know. I was like, Katie, start hiding in a cupboard now. We'll get your wedding covered. <laughs> oh, God. I need it covered. I'm going to slide covered. right in. Yeah. I just opened up this drawer right here. <laughs> so crazy. I just, I'm like, what the hell? I actually read um, in, I think it's, let's see, this one article I read, they kind of interview Natasha, mm -hmm. and she's just saying about, like, the proposal. We were sitting at home, and suddenly he pulled out the ring, and it caught me off guard, and the emotions were so overwhelming. Oh, my just God. Like, what the fuck? They're, they had gold, bland, uh, gold 
bands, not plans, bands, and they were <laughs> engraved with the words, happy days always. Oh my God. I know. Lame. <laughs> Lame. And I don't know how her family feels about this. I don't know if they're just like, okay, we just want to be in her life, so we don't really care. Like, we just are happy to have her or whatever. Her yeah. mom apparently is quoted saying, well, this wedding is going to give Natasha a fresh chance to start over. So... I don't know. Still the same dude. <laughs> really, really weird, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's been asked a few times why she left, and every time she says she doesn't want to say, and she says that her mom and sister, she's she's even said, she's like, I don't know if they even know why, but I don't think it would matter if they did know why I left, which is yeah. just like, okay, what the fuck does that mean? Um, and she yeah. says she'll never tell the world why she left. Like so. Cupboard yeah. girl. I know. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I feel like people would have been understanding if something horrible is going on in the home or some kind of abuse or something like mm-hmm. that. But I'm just like, I don't know. I think you're just fucked in the head. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Really, really weird. And I don't know if this boyfriend, like, convinced her it was a good idea to do this or if she convinced him or, like, what the heck. I have no idea. It's super weird. Um, she does try to, like, take all the responsibility for it, though, and she just says, oh, my boyfriend, he was just being helpful, he's just trying to protect me, uh, he, he shouldn't be suffering any of this, like, it's all my fault, I'm the one that convinced him, but, like, Mm. he's 20, well, he was 21, 21, 22, and she was 14, so, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The child bride. (laughs) Yeah, so today... Uh, the couple share uh, three children who are now either 17 or 18, 15 or 16, or 11 or 12, depending on when their birthdays are. Um, and then uh, as of 2011, Natasha Black was studying um, to become a nurse. Or she goes by Tosh Black now, I guess. So, Tosh Black? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she was studying to become a nurse. Tosh Black. Um, and um, apparently, you know, I think she's graduated and is working in that field. Um, in recent years, the couple have become a little bit more reclusive than um, at the start. Um, they've stopped doing um, pretty much all interviews, um, especially because in 2011, there was a highly publicized incident. Um, the couple were seen arguing over moving their car from the driveway to the garage. Um, police were called and Scott was intoxicated but refused to take a breathalyzer test. Um, so he had to later go to court for it. He claimed he had just been going through a hard time because he had recently lost his job, um, his milkman job, um, and his um, license. He had lost his license as well. So I'm guessing it was probably something to do with drinking. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Um, but it sounds to me like he's crying over spilled milk. I was about to say, looks like they lost that milk money. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, so maybe they'll start doing some more interviews. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Do it. I don't know. Well, they haven't been in the news lately, but Natasha's younger brother has been in the news. Jason Ryan was in the news last year. This piece of fucking shit, like, oh my gosh. This yeah. shit had choked his pregnant girlfriend, threw her to the ground, cut her with his keys and then proceeded to hit and kick her and then after he did that he covered his toddler's nose and mouth suffocating him until the kid's ears ruptured what the Um, fuck thankfully both like baby mama and the kid are okay and away from this piece of shit 
Uh, he is going to court for all this because he has been abusing them for apparently 2000, I think it was 2017 to 2020 or something like that. Um, this article I found was from 2021, spring of 2021. His lawyer is saying that because of his sister running away when he was just six years old, that Jason suffered a lot of family trauma and he never received the right counseling and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, he's just a jerk. So he's just a piece of shit. Yep. Yeah. Well, now his toddler suffered trauma, like literally and physically and mentally and everything. So, and I mean, (laughs) I do want to know. I'm like, okay, what happened emotionally or mentally or whatever with natasha ryan that made her think she needed to do this crazy yeah because it is a crazy elaborate plan like no i feel like something was definitely going on in that house during their childhood that hasn't been talked about like some sort of abuse because for that to happen and then for her brother to be like this violent um i I don't know i have no idea i'm just like something is not right Maybe mm-hmm. they will investigate this eventually, but if Natasha is obviously not talking about anything or saying she doesn't yeah. want to talk about why she left, then there's nothing for them to really go off of. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's one thing to run away from home. It's yeah. another thing to hide in a cupboard like that for five years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's just fucking... That's insane. Psychotic. <laughs> yeah. So, like we said, uh, murder, mystery, romance, Sorta. serial killer. Yeah somewhat of a happy ending because she's alive so i don't know yeah but like we said it's really 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 weird yep yep i don't know (laughs) i don't think i would do it i think if i was gonna run away from home and fake my death i think i would want to leave the town that we were in yeah i wouldn't escape you know, I mean, I guess unless my home life was so bad that living in a cupboard was better. I don't know. But it's like, to me, I'm like, what? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Even Harry <laughs> Potter might have had a little bit better. Yeah, seriously. My closet was better. But I lived in. <laughs> Let's just bring up personal trauma on here. <laughs> um, I actually used, my bedroom used to be a, literally a closet, so... Um, <laughs> at my mom's house, um, it was like this little walk-in closet that got lower down, um, when you got towards where the stairs were. So I fit like a bookshelf, um, my record player and a full-sized, uh, mattress in there. And the mattress was in where it like got lower. And if I woke up too suddenly, it would hit my head up on the ceiling. <laughs> Good times. Good um, times. Yeah. I, Good I, times. My, now my closet at my apartment is bigger than my old bedroom. So, um, moving on. <laughs> I just like hearing about your brother jumping up and down on the mm-hmm. stairs just to be a little shithead. My brother. Yeah. My younger brother. Not the Antichrist jump. one. The no, other no, no, one. no, 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 no. This is my, this is my other brother. The devil. No, I'm just kidding. So, yeah. I'm just kidding. My little brother would jump up and down on the stairs and be like, wake up, cousin. We're going to the zoo. Um, like Dudley would do to Harry Potter in the Sorcerer's Stone movie. And I'm just like, shut up. This is the humor. I was talking about uh, with my coworker how at one point my family lived with another family in a house and we had like five kids in one bedroom. Yeah. It was like two bunk beds and a crib mm-hmm. and it was just chaos every night. Like we literally. had the same. When we first moved to California, my mom actually had custody of her two younger brothers for a while. Um, and yeah, we're one of those garbage families where I have uncles who are younger than me. Get over it. 
<laughs> so anyway, um, so we F-O-X. had a two. X. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so we had a two, we lived in a two bedroom apartment, and when she had custody of them, they they shared a bunk bed, and then my brothers Brian and Dylan shared a bunk bed, and then I had my own bed, and so we were all in one room. And I just remember it sucked. Cause Must really be nice right to have your own bed. Just kidding. Right? Um, it was nice to have in my own closet, too. Oh, God. Well, this concludes our episode on <laughs> dark and disparaging paths. It's <laughs> getting me to have happy childhood. Happy anyway, thoughts. that cupboard sounded spacious. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> saying this bitch chose the cupboard life the cupboard life chose us exactly (laughs) it's been a life guys (laughs) so our sources for today were theh.com smh.com one news daily mail stay at home mom uh (laughs) murderpedia news.com adult australia and I don't even know how to say this other one, but I'll put it all in our show notes so you can Antidotes. just... <laughs> but it doesn't say anta, it's anits. A- a- anidotes. Antidotes. Yeah, see? See? Weird. Mm. But I'll put it all in the show notes so you can <laughs> click away if you want. I did yeah. try to listen to, like, I tried to find, like, a podcast or something about that because sometimes when I'm driving, like, I'm a commute, I'm like, I'll listen to what other people got to say about this. Mm-hmm. And I came across uh, three episodes only. There's got to be more, but Spotify likes to pick their favorites. Yeah. Which, and if you found us, I don't know how you found us, so <laughs> props to you. Um, but there was one that was, like, an ASMR true crime Ew, podcast because it started out and i was like uh, uh, and it was all like creepy music and it's like welcome to true crime where we discuss true crime and asmr blah, 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 blah. and i was like i do not like this uh-uh. <laughs> and he got cut from his milk bunny yeah <laughs> and then oh my god <laughs> That was that's her eating Sorry, snacks I was eating in the, the chocolate. <laughs> that's her eating snacks in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are sound effects. <laughs> and then there was another one where uh, they were they had I don't know they they started it in an interesting way where they had like random music in the background like they had like a pop song playing hmm. and they're like this story is like a popular pop song that goes in one direction and then dun dun suspense the other direction I was like. Eh. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> so, <laughs> I tried. <laughs> but, we're all doing uh, our best out here. We're all doing our best. We all got our things. I mean, someone probably listens to us and they're like, Before. two seconds in, they hear our garbage interview with you on a phone. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm out. Or they start off and I'm all, <laughs> and I'm, like, yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> and I'm all, hello, mate. And I'm like, nope, I'm yeah. out. So Bye. we're having um, a bad, it's been a lot bad week again. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't come here to be their counselor. <laughs> you know what? Being a bartender, I'm used to having a lot of people come sit my bar tent, and they just talk about their depressing lives. Everyone's about, I need to talk about mine, okay? <laughs> I I remember this one shift. There was this guy who was like a semi regular. He was a pilot, so he would come in when he was in town, and um, he sat down. It was literally the beginning of my shift. I had just clocked on. <laughs> he sits down, and I was all, oh hey, and then I don't remember his name now. <laughs> I was like, oh, hey. And he was all, I just found out my dad died. And I was all, well, fuck. 
<laughs> I literally just clocked Were in. Were you there. like cleaning a cleaning a glass and you just yeah. and I, I threw the towel exactly over my shoulder and I was put all, the glass down, pour whiskey, slide it across. I slid it from one bar to the other and he caught it and I was all, let's have a chat. <laughs> I'm here for you, man. I'll I don't have remember. a shot with you too, man. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, get back in the kitchen. We need hands. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thankfully, I didn't have to deal with that in mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I remember that. Hands, gosh. full hands in, full hands out. Well, uh, guys, yeah. all I'm going to say is whatever, however hard your, your life is, it's got to be better than living in a cupboard. I don't know. So don't do that. Mother Hubbard in her cupboard. <laughs> Mother Hubbard. You ever live in Mother in the Shoe or whatever that story is? I yes. Don't know. But yeah, that is the interesting, really weird, bizarre case of Natasha Ryan. Yep. Uh, child bride in a cupboard, basically. I don't know. And mm-hmm. like I said, we kind of basically touched the surface of serial killer, Australian serial killer Leonard John Fraser. So we will go into depth about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a horrible, rotten man, so. Looking Gunny's, forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> Can't wait. I'm excited to it's read all these great. horrible things. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully uh, the recording will work, so. <laughs> yeah, Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.